The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And guess what's starting on Talk is Jericho? Finally, you knew it was coming. The Duff McKagan joke of the week, coronavirus version. It's Jericho. Uh, it's Duff McKagan. I, I'm a little embarrassed to tell you this. I, I uh, ran out of toilet paper, so uh, I've started to use um, old newspapers. Yeah, the times are tough. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Too soon? Uh, I think that's all right. Uh, hope all of you have enough toilet paper and are staying safe, healthy, and sane during the coronavirus emergency. Uh, I know there's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now, and the virus is causing a lot of problems for many of you, not just health-related, but uh, financially, and people are kind of scared. But I'm still doing Talk is Jericho twice a week for all you guys uh, to provide a little bit of an a outlet for you and a little bit of... Uh, forgetting about what's going on in the world, even though we're very cognizant of what's going on and very much uh, not not burying our heads in the sand, but there is a need to get your mind off things and to be entertained, and that's uh, what I'm here for. And hopefully I can take you away from all of the world's problems uh, for a while. A little entertainment, hopefully a few laughs, as we all practice social distancing and do the best we can during this tough time. Um, and we knew it was time to uh, reschedule Fozzie's Save the World Tour, they're supposed to start just in a few weeks uh, in April. But if you bought tickets, good news, uh, most of the shows have been rescheduled. And you just hold on to those tickets, hold on to the, that VIP um, uh, meet and greet package that you bought. If you do need to re uh, get a refund, just take them back to point of purchase. And you'll be able to do that. Fozzyrock.com with all the details. But as it stands right now, we're going to hit the road again July 10th in Columbus, uh, July 11th, Grand Rapids. Uh, go to FozzyRock.com and you'll find all that stuff. There's Indianapolis and Cudahy, Wisconsin, Rockfest, Harrison, Ohio, Flint, uh, Angola, Michigan, Belvedere, Fort Madison, Sioux Falls, Minot, Sturgis at the Ironheart Saloon, famous place. And then the rescheduled dates in Lancaster, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Buffalo, Baltimore, Johnson City, Chattanooga, Charlotte, Nashville, and Savannah, plus Tampa and Orlando, the, uh, the radio festivals, uh, all throughout August and September. So go to FozzyRock.com. If you want info, if you want to get tickets, if you want to wait and see what happens, we totally understand. We're just letting you know that uh, hopefully when all this is said and done in a, a few weeks, a few months, uh, Fozzie will be here for you to uh, hold you in our loving arms and rock 
uh, rock you hard, man. So I'm still set to play the Kiss Cruise as well on Halloween, setting sail October 30th. Remember, once again, all information at fozzyrock.com. So uh, check that out and um, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. All right, last week was a super secret double swerve on AEW Dynamite. Uh, first of all, uh, it was Matt Hardy was revealed at the end of the show. He was on Talk as Jericho last Friday. And this Friday, uh, we uh, talked to the exalted one. It was not Matt Hardy, but it was actually Brody Lee. How did that happen? Uh, why did it happen? How has it kept such a secret? Why did Brody end up leaving WWE and coming to AEW? Uh, many, many stories to tell, and all of them will be revealed right here on Talk is Jericho. So we had a, a huge uh, episode of, of Dynamite a few weeks ago, uh, days ago, with the uh, double swerve debuts of Matt Hardy and, and, and Brody Lee. And the crazy thing is, the show was supposed to be in Rochester, Rochester New, York, New York, home of Brody Me, Lee. Brody Lee, seven days away. We got seven days away. Is that how far? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I knew I was at the gym Wednesday, March 11th, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, around 9 p.m. I was DVR on the show and kind of following along. And uh, I look up at the TV screen and the president's on making an address. And then my phone got an alert that Tom Hanks had come down with coronavirus. And then I got another alert that Rudy Gobert of um, the NBA had contracted it and that the NBA has now shut down. And I, I was pretty aware at that point that it was maybe over for a Rochester <laughs> debut. So, but It's funny because Rudy Gobert from which team? Uh, Salt Lake, uh, Utah, yeah. which you guys were in. We were in, in that <laughs> same venue where the, where the Utah Jazz or whatever, of Maverick course. Center. Yep. And it's, it's so funny that you say that because I, we went, I was in a match that night. We went to the ring. Yep. Swag was telling me this on the way home yeah. last week. Yeah, I, I had been speaking to, to Rafael Morphy, who's kind of our booking guy, and we, we worked together very closely. And it's like you know, because I was like, if we could just get, if we could just get to New York, <laughs> get blood and guts done, yep. and then it's the end yeah, of the you, season. You said that last week, and I thought that was a genius idea of like shutting it down and letting that be the cliffhanger right. of hey, that's the end of the season. But I was thinking maybe if we can even just get to I New know, York. I know. And then I walk in the ring, and then we walk out of the ring, and, and Raph's like, eh, yep, uh, NBA is canceled, and Tom up. Hanks is coronavirus. Yep. So I'm like, so you're yep. saying that New York yeah, Rochester is not going to happen? And it's like, oh, because if we, we worked this whole thing to yep. do the double swerve of the Exalted Ones reveal of, right. of yourself in Rochester. So, um, And the thing was, Rochester's building had kind of teased it for a few extra days of not canceling, mm-hmm. and then AEW was kind of waiting to make a move, and I was like, okay, so there's, and like go to bed every night, like, oh, there's still hope, but, but knowing deep down <laughs> yeah. that it wasn't going to happen, and yeah. uh, I was honestly very, I was heartbroken. Uh, it was serendipitous to the point of, WWE released me December 8th, which was with a 90-day clause, so my contract would have been up March 25th, so they released me, and my 90 days would have been up March 8th, which then somehow when I got the letter in the mail became March Mm, I think whatever the next Wednesday was. So they moved it three days so that it fell on that. I couldn't do the Wednesday that, that week. If that makes sense. So they somehow, it was like a 94 day period. Ah. So they, I think that was one little extra you to me. (laughs) And so, but in it, it, what happened was that gave me nine days extra freedom, which made Rochester debut possible. 
as if if they didn't release me, my contract would have been up March 25th. I wouldn't have been able to do Rochester. Right. So I, I thank you, WWE. But then, of course, it didn't work out. <laughs> well, it's it's so interesting because, like I said, the same thing with, with Matt because these are crazy times, yeah. obviously. We do what we can. Yep. And both debuts were still pretty killer <laughs> yeah it was uh it was a very interesting it just didn't feel right all mm. day i guess i was very stressed out about it more than i thought i would be um and not i think as excited or pumped up as i should have been and then it came on like super fast like they're like well uh the tag match is in the ring you guys are next and mm. i was like holy shit it's time to go and then that's when it got keyed up and i was all pumped up and like doing the promo and that, with the way it came out, I felt really good about everything. And I didn't see it until I was standing in the ring behind Christopher Daniels. So I'm <laughs> there watching my work, and I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, I got to do other work. And uh, so, yeah. But, yeah, it just didn't feel right. But then when it was done, I was like, man, that did feel right. Well, and we have to do what we can. Yeah. And either, okay, we, we could have just stopped everything. Right. But it's still, I thought, you know, you have to continue forward. Yeah, and that's the other thing is, like, uh, Tony – very specifically texted me and said, hey, man, if you don't want to do this, we won't do this. Mm-hmm. And I wrote back. I was like, no, man, I'm all in for Wednesday. Just let me know what you need me to do. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. Like, I had a way out if I wanted it, but I just didn't think – I've been cooped up for so long, and I think I told you this last week, is I want, to, I want to get out. I want to do something. I need to be creative. I need to, like, just fly a little bit. So, even yeah. that little bit last week was was something <laughs> – and that was my point too. It's like, okay, we can just put a put a cap on everything, but who knows when we're back That's in front thing. of people? That, yeah. Let's just put a cap on the big one right, right, of right. the blood and guts. Let's take it all the way there, and then we can figure yep. out what to do as we go. And that was my other thought process. So if I say I don't want to do this, when does it when does it become okay to do again, or when you know when it could be months, right? So then I, I just didn't want to be locked up that much longer. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I, I, yeah. Especially when we build these stories to a peak. And once again, there are a million people watching at home, a right. million people plus. Right. It just would be so much cooler if we could have done I it. Know. But hey, that's life. That's <laughs> right. how it goes, right? Yep. So let's talk about your journey to get to AEW in the first place. There's a lot to talk about. We, we just mentioned earlier, yep. the last time we, we did this, Jeddah. we were in Jeddah. <laughs> and you told me about the uh, the uh, Mecca yep. the arrow on the wall. But the funny thing was, that was my... I think that was the first time. My second time, there was my last ever show okay. with WWE, which gotcha. I believe was your last ever show in WWE. So, my, yeah, I did a uh, randomly. I had been kind of sent home again after an angle with Roman and Daniel Bryan and uh, randomly just got word that, hey, you're going to Saudi Arabia. And I was like, for what? And they're like, oh, we have this battle royal <laughs> to determine. I don't even know. I think maybe a U.S. title shot. And uh, funnily enough, the people there were chanting my name the entire match. <laughs> So it was actually a pretty cool experience. <laughs> well, let's go further back though, because when we hmm? the, 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 the time in Jeddah the first time, yep. I had come back in 2015 with the idea of I don't know when I can come back on TV. I'm just going to do house shows, yep, which is a wonderful and, idea. <laughs> well, and it's because then Michael Hayes goes, Vince will never let you do that, yeah. and then of course he has Vince. He's like, whatever you want to do. <laughs> and so basically, I'm working these 65 shows, is what it was, yep. with no angle. And I think half the matches were with Cesaro and half of them were with Yep, we did you. a whole bunch, yeah. And we had great matches. And I remember Arn Anderson was like, this guy's mm-hmm. a hoss. He's going to mm-hmm. be great. And it seemed like you were a guy that like everyone knew we yeah. got something. This guy, he could talk. Yeah. You know, all these things. So I think 
the way I do talk, Vince doesn't see a person that looks like me talking like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he could get over that. Uh, he saw a backwoods hillbilly who talked in a southern drawl that and being from Rochester, New York and being somewhat eloquent, he didn't understand and mm. just didn't compete with him. And Arn, I think, was maybe to the detriment, was one of my biggest supporters in meetings. And Arn would even say that. Arn would say, hey, man, I'm just going to stop speaking up for you mm-hmm. because I don't think it's doing you any favors. Right, yeah. You know, so uh, I had my supporters, just not, I guess, vocal ones, not ones that were willing to go to bat for me to a point. And um, once I fell into a role, no matter what I pitched, no matter what I showed anybody, it just, I wasn't digging my way out of it to that one, to the audience of one. But there was that one point where you had like a, a run for the Intercontinental mm-hmm. Championship. You might have even won the Intercontinental yep. Championship. Won the Intercontinental Championship. So, uh, had it for, I think, 27 days. Mm-hmm. And had a hell of a, like, the next, I think, four or five months, I worked Dolph on the all the house shows and had a blast. Had a great ladder match with Dolph. Like, that was probably my the peak. And the ladder match was on a pay-per-view. Yep. I yep, remember that, yep. yeah. In, in his hometown, Got my wife to worry about me because she was live and she thought I got hurt, so I knew I did a good job. Right, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of like the the peak. In but even then, like, don't think I won a match on TV with the belt. Uh, did a bunch of DQs, lost a bunch of matches, and like it, it almost was like they lost. I lost favor almost instantly as soon as I won the belt. It was like okay, here you go, and then it was like didn't even get a chance to do anything with it. Uh, pitched a whole bunch of different things for angles, for ideas to change the character, and then he just wasn't buying them. What were some of the ideas that you had to change the character? So I wanted to be a collector of some sort, uh, almost like... So I've been, I'm very much into serial killers <laughs> and uh, stuff like that. So I wanted to collect something from each person I would beat, and then the problem just became that I wasn't beating anybody. So it was hard to collect from people to, <laughs> to do that. Uh, I also wanted to be maybe a smart monster, a very intelligent monster where I could speak like I do in a very intelligent way and like break my opponents down in a way, certain way that I wasn't doing in the Wyatt family and then just have the same matches I was having and look the same exact way. So be this slovenly character, but just very also intelligent, almost like a Bruiser Brody. And again, like I just don't think he could see that that way of talking. And I, I remember going into his office and him telling me, hey, I want you to do a Southern drawl. And I was like, sir, I'm from Rochester, New York. Uh, I think it's <laughs> going to Yankee. Re- yeah, I was like, I think it's going to sound really, really fake. And he goes, well, just do me a favor. And he goes, we don't want it to sound fake, but do me a favor and try it. And I did it for him. And he goes, yeah, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And so literally walked out and thinking, well, that, that's gone. It's never going to come up again. And then next week in the script, it was like specific, like Luke Harper, do a Southern accent. And then it was just, it was, it was from there. Hmm. <laughs> Which is so strange because then he moves on with Rowan yep. and gave him a gimmick for a short period of time where he was the intelligent yep. monster. Exactly. So I don't know if it's he just didn't know the difference between us. Or <laughs> <laughs> and also the other thing is me and Rowan constantly just always found each other somehow no matter what. Like I think Vince saw it as we were a team and we're always together and that's what it was. He He didn't see us apart by any stretch. Mm-hmm. So... No matter what would happen, he would always bring us back together. Right? Yeah, because that's just... And yeah. you can see these things like... I talked about this with, with Matt Hardy last week. Mm-hmm. When you look at like a John Morrison, he goes away, right. does all these great things, comes back, and a week and a half later, he's Mrs. Tag Team right. Partner. Exactly. Exact same spot as, mm-hmm. as when he left, right? And so even after, after the Intercontinental title run, I then was able to do same character, but 
they did the thing with Randy Orton and Bray where Randy got in the group and I was the one that kind of sniffed him out like this guy's a snake he's bad for us like he shouldn't be in this group where Bray was just kind of like no no we're walking everybody in and I told the writers before it even started like organically guys I'm gonna get over because I'm gonna be the smarter one here who sees it and I'm gonna be looking at the bad guy like fuck you and they they were like no 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 it's not how it's gonna work so it's gonna be written I said okay and literally each week my crowd reaction would go up, 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 up. And uh, all the way through the thing, we did did the angle with Randy. He turned. I got over. I got all the way to a, to a championship match, Battle Royal, with I think me and AJ were last two. We did the spot where we were supposed to go to the floor, hit it at the same time to do a match the next week. In um, rehearsal, hit it, no problem. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, of course, in the actual uh, execution of it, I f***ed it up a little bit. My ass like slipped on the apron, and I either touched first or he did. But it was pretty obvious that one of us touched first. They they shot around it, and they explained, no, no, they touched the same time. And then the next week, AJ, who was the heel, uh, ended up making me tap and pinning me in the same match. Like They restarted, restarted the match, and I was, like, I was like, yep, this is the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the burial, yep, this right? Is it. <laughs> And so, so then were you off for a while? So then after that, they, I was off TV for eight months. I did uh, I did uh, dark matches every single week. I'd tell them, I was like, let me do the dark matches. Because I knew I'd go out there, they would chant my name, and I would just think like, oh, maybe Vince is watching this week. And literally nothing ever came of it. And we used to joke during these eight and ten men matches. Like I would just sit on the apron and people would chant my name, and it was, it was wonderful. But there was nothing coming from it. Mm-hmm. And I would do very few house shows. Um, and then next thing was the Bludgeon Brothers. I mean, I, I'm asking this question more as a rhetorical question. I mean, it's so frustrating. Oh, my God. You have no idea. Do, well, I mean, <laughs> Maybe I have, you do, actually. I don't have an idea of ever being <laughs> off TV, but I have an idea of just being just being set aside. Yep. You know? So I left in 2005 for that reason. Yep. But when I first got there, even in 99, it was, I would go and have conversations with Vince, and I know he wasn't really listening. Were you? Would you go talk to Vince? Oh, yeah. We, we chatted many, many times. He was always very honest with me about, like, he's like, I just don't have anything for you right now. And, you know, I That's don't know. the worst yeah. thing here. And it's like, okay. And, like, even the writers would try. I had a very good friend named Nick there who would try everything, you know, to help me get yeah, something. was Nick. Nick, uh, Nick the Dick. How you know. doing? Yeah, the, the, the yes. looking guy. Yeah, yeah. So kind of look like a like a weirder Carano or something like that. Oh, I don't I don't want to I don't want to say that to him. <laughs> no, but he had the slick, I don't want to hurt the slick hair. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. don't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> New York guy, a yeah. good looking New York kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, so we would try and we would brainstorm and, and I would be texting people weekly, the writers, like just you know, hey, anything in the meetings, and then you know the name would get brought up and it would go away and it just. I knew there was nothing coming. Like you could almost sense it. And yeah, it's, it was literally the most frustrating thing I could imagine as a career. Like, so I'm wrestling weekly on these TVs, but then you just go sit in catering and watch these shows. And you're like, man, I know where I could fit in on these. I know I can yeah. make an imp- And it's just, and like I said, like, I'm not saying this as, as mm-hmm. blind praise. Like I really enjoyed working with yeah. you and not sure. just as a, you know, as as a punching bag, like you right. had great mind. Yeah. You could talk. We did stuff sometimes. I don't know if we did promos in the ring, or, but I I always knew you could talk. And, and that was the, the frustrating part. Is like you you don't want to believe your own hype in a way, but also you you believe in yourself, right? And you know what you can do. And uh, 
so then I would start doubting myself too. It's like, well, maybe I don't, maybe I don't have it. Maybe I, and, yeah. and this happened actually last week with, with AEW where it's like, Hey, go do this promo. And coming from WWE, it's like, okay, well, what do you want me to talk about? And it's like, well, whatever you want, this is your promo. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and so then it's like, the stress was like, holy shit. Like, so now I have no one to blame. So if it's not good, it's on me. And it's like, it's like, can I do this? Mm. And so then it became that whole thing too. And, and it's just like, a roller coaster of well, let me t- let me tell you this. So, we did a show at the Daily's Place mm-hmm. months ago, June or something mm-hmm. like this, and it was a pay per view, like a fight TV pay per view. Okay. And my thing was that we were doing a pull apart with Hangman Page, and I had a promo, and exact same thing that you just said. It's like, all right, Jericho, you've been told you're a good right. talker. You consider yourself <laughs> a good talker now. You're going out on live TV yeah. with no rehearsal and no script and right. no one is like, you know, you, I was never a guy that would bitch about it because I had a lot of creativity, mm-hmm. but I would always have to bitch about this. Uh, this has to get approved by right, Vance. Exactly. Now, no one's approving anything and no one even knows what I'm going to say. Right. You think you're good? Prove it. And right, I was exactly. really nervous, like exactly. th- freaking almost 30 years in. Went out yep. there, did the promo. And as soon as I was done, I was like, you know what? Yeah. I can, of course I can do this. This is and, what I do. And that's the same thing I thought when I was watching the ring. I was like, that was, you know, that was pretty f- good. Yeah. And, uh, but that's the thing too. Like you now have this opportunity and people have told you, Hey, you're good at this. Yeah. And now it's like, well, okay, well I better be now or it's on me. That's true. You have no one else to blame. No, nobody. You can't. Yeah. And, and like even, um, Cody came in the room and he's like, well, what do you got? And I read it to, and I totally stumbled over everything I was going to say to him. Just, I don't even know. And he goes, okay, go ahead. Good luck. And he, mm-hmm. he just left. And I was like, well, here we go. Yeah. Either you can do it or you yeah, can't. Exactly. And I, but, so then after that, I was like, man, this is good. And then from there, it's just like, okay, now we're, now I'm ready to go. Like, let's just, I'm looking for, then we did another one that, that evening, which I think is going to air this week, which I love. And it's just like, again, like, Hey, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. And so, that's kind of what wrestling is yeah. all about. Right. And that, it, so, but like being in WWE for eight years, I didn't remember, remember mm-hmm. that. Me and too. It, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like, so you used to be Brody Lee and you used to do all this fun stuff and, and have these matches and stuff. And it's like, man, I don't remember. Yeah. And so, but now it's like slowly like starting to come back. And I don't think I've even hit a stride yet, but I think I'm eventually going to just be well, remember dude, it, again. It's been one week with right, no people. Right, I mean, right. it, the, 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 but see, this is why, like, and we'll, we'll talk about this. When you first asked for your release, the first guy that I mm-hmm. called was Tony. I'm like, dude, what do we think about this guy? Like, right. This, we should get them. Right. And, and if, if they released every single person in WWE, we wouldn't take every <laughs> right. single person. There's right. very few we would get. Yep. But and the one be a fine line of that. Yeah, but there's certain ones that you can see, like this is a guy that was nothing there yep. that could be something right. here. Right. And you and, definitely fall in that category. And that's, but then again, that's so in my psychotic head, like that's the stress of it all too. It's like, hey, all these people believe in you. Chris Jericho believes in you. Tony Khan believes in you. Cody Rhodes believes in you. And these are people that texted me and told me this. And it's like, Okay, well, now I don't want to make them look bad. Mm-hmm. And then, like, so then the stress of, can you do this anymore? Mm-hmm. And being off for so long, it's like, hey, can you still mm-hmm. go? So, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
let's go back to, to when you, you were off TV for about eight months. Was 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 Rowan hurt at the same time? Um, that I don't remember. So we used to go through a thing where we would kind of get hurt at different times. Hmm. Uh, I dislocated my patella, then he tore his bicep, and then I or, or injured his elbow, and then tore his bicep later. But we kind of like it was in between each other. I think he might have been off when I was not at when I was off TV. He was off like mm. off at home, so I don't think that was even a possibility. And then it became like, well, Vince wants to put you guys back together and give you a big push, and he wants you guys to be like demolition. And I was like, man, I don't know if we could wear demolition gear in uh, the year 2018 or whatever it was. I don't know if that'll that'll fly. And uh, he was actually cool enough to let us kind of revamp it and pitch him our own creative ideas and Rowan more than me like had great ideas for our look and stuff and uh, I think through you know Kim she was a huge help of it um, Kim Deal yeah. yeah yeah she makes all of our yep. gear she was huge help for like the ideas and stuff like that and um, let's talk about this for a second so, so Vince Vince like did he, did he actually say I want you to be like Demolition was there any kind of looks uh, discussed we were, or we were shown a picture of Demolition and said this is what he wants you guys to be <laughs> so <laughs> literally a picture of demolition and uh creative services showed us some other pictures and, and it was just very yeah very demolition very 80s yes you know because even the demolition look because you know demolition obviously a ripoff of road warriors right. and even that looked kind of strange because you had kind of two guys that weren't road warrior type exactly like older dad types yep. wearing and like bondage me Ron, gear me and ron are just a couple of dads you know so <laughs> But Rowan is into the Viking metal. Yeah, Rowan's a bit uh, way more into the Viking than me. Yeah. And even so, even this like a funny thing about this last run is he would give me, we did this thing when we, when I came back where he was like had these death metal t-shirts on Viking metal shirts mm -hmm. and he would give me some because I'm so clueless on that genre. <laughs> and uh, so finally I got a snap case when I was like, no, I know this band. I'm going to wear this. But but yeah, so then a funny story with the Bludgeon Builder gear. We finally get it in. We put it on, and I'm like, holy, we look like a couple of idiots. Like, I just wasn't feeling it. And people were like, no, no, I think it looks cool. And I'm like, I have kick pads on and just a tight. And I never. Tell I, us about the outfit. What was it? So it was a singlet top, these crazy pants just with like shit all over them, and uh, like lots of stitching, lots of weird, and then these giant coat, trench coat jackets with hoods, one sleeve. We had a giant mallet that we carried around that we were not allowed to call sledgehammer because obvious reasons. Obvious that one's uh, taken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we have to to put these outfits on. And they said, "Well, Vince wants to see them." I said, "All right." So we put them on, and uh, Rowan's like, "I don't want to put the whole thing." I was like, "You got to put the whole thing on." Everything. Yeah, I was like, "Put it all on, buddy." And so we put it all on, and we go smack on his door, and he yells, "Come in!" <laughs> and we open the door, and he's getting a massage. And Larry, Larry the trainer is massaging his, uh, I believe his calf even, and he's cackling as we walk in. Larry's just looking at me like, and I'm like, you motherfucker. Oh. And Vince like looks up and he goes, "Yep, love it." And I go, "Well, did you want to see the other?" He goes, "No, no, love it." And he just puts his head back down to keep getting the massage, and we walk out. And that was that. You learned something <laughs> about the timing yes. of when to go into Vince's office. Uh, I had one of the greatest ideas I've ever come up with. It actually involved the Wyatt family. I won't get into the whole thing, but for SummerSlam with Shawn Michaels and like, you know, Wyatt family attacks me and yeah. I have no one I can trust except for the one man that I know I could go to the, right, right. To the death with and, you know, call Shawn Michaels. And uh, I had it all plotted out. And Vince, while I pitched it to him, was, was eating a steak. 
And I had asked three different people, has he eaten already? Yes. Has he eaten already? Yes. Yep. As soon as I got in there, he was extra hungry that day and started eating his second meal. And he was not paying attention nope, to anything. The famous, silence. I gave him the whole thing, silence. And he just looks up to me and goes, bad cow. I'm like, what? Bad cow. This steak is tough. I'm like, what about my great ideas? Like, what else you got? I'm like, yep. I should have known. Yep. I've pitched many of things to him where he's like just chowing on a salad or something. And like you hand him to him and he's like, yep, I'll look at these on the plane. And you yeah. walk out, you're like, you're not going to look at those. And had you come in 20 <laughs> minutes later, he might go, this is great. Exactly. And that's just the thing. Like, like you said, I used to have people tell me too, like, hey, man, he just, yeah. he literally just got in there. He's not eating anymore. So, so run. Jimmy like, Kelly. Yep. And then you run in there and it's like, nope. He's yep, eating nope. again. Or a Triple yeah. H is there or something's yeah, yeah. in there. Oh, yeah, there's always something going like, on. Oh, if you get the right it's it's yep. it's like a it's like the right temperature of a shower. If it's too yep. cold or too hot, you're screwed. If it's just right, but it's yep. rare. So what were you guys supposed to call your giant sledgehammer things? Mallets. Mallets. Just mallets. Okay. And uh so we had a main they they became an action figure, so that was cool. Oh, but yeah. like we carried those things around and never used them. And uh, they want us to bring him to Saudi Arabia. And I, I remember, I think we were in a meeting with Vince, and I said, sir, like, we, if we check these, they're going to disappear. And if we try to bring these on a plane, they're going to arrest us. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. So he brought them over on his personal plane. <laughs> yeah. Were they actual mallets? No, they were huge wood mallets, heavy as heavy. heavy yeah. Yep. They were very dangerous. There was, a, there was one thing when we first did with the New Day where I swung it, and Kofi's like backpedaling out of the ring on his belly, and I swung it and smacked the mat. And he told me that I dented the boards when they took the ring apart. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Where did the name come from? Uh, that I, I think that was a Vince call. Like he's, he's like, he's like, can't you feel the word bludgeon? Can't you just feel it? And like in my head, I'm like, I'm like, no, I, I don't feel it all. And then what, like once we got rolling with it, it was cool because me and Rowan do make a good tag team. And like once we finally got along, like we're good at it. But like. At first, it was just it was pulling teeth for me. Like I just wasn't feeling it. Then what do you mean? Once you finally got along, when you first well, when we first uh, got together, the wife and I despised the man. Uh, the, the wife and I, hate, I? I hated. I know I hated him. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, we had we roomed together, we tagged together, and we were just literally constantly together. And he snores more than <laughs> any man I've ever met in my life. So rooming with him was hell. Like if I didn't fall asleep first. I didn't sleep. So I would wake up hating him, and then we'd be calling a match, and I would just be thinking about how much I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was a bit of a to-do, but like in the, in the long run, we became really great friends, and uh, the last run was, was just a lot of fun with him. Very uh, interesting guy. So my first meeting with him was he went to the same church that I used to go okay. to just down the road here, and my pastor was like, yeah, there's this guy. We want. I can't really, like, you know, we're going to, we're gonna, you know, slam Satan for a Sunday afternoon <laughs> thing. Will you come film something? I'm like, you know, like I don't really want to, but pastors asked me. I said, yep. well, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna wrestle with anybody. So we got a guy here. He's like in the W minor leagues. I'm like, whatever. They're yeah, all in the W yeah, minor leagues. Sure, they are. Yeah. I go in there and it's him. Yeah. He had a shorter beard, but it's like who? Yep. This like seven foot tall, oh, yeah. like almost mute. Yeah, he's humongous. And I. I Something happened with it. We hit him with a chair or something. So we worked this thing out. <laughs> Did he sell it? Then when I first saw, I, I think he had to because it was like yeah. the, he was Satan and I was Jesus or whatever the hell, you know, typical Sunday Beautiful. morning thing. Anyways, fast forward. My favorite Rowan story is like we said, he's a big metal guy. And we had a festival somewhere in Wisconsin or somewhere close to where he's okay. in the Twin Cities or something. Yep. He's in Minneapolis. Yep, he's in Minneapolis. Somewhere close to there. And uh, he goes, yeah, he, he, someone text me or DM me. I'm going to come to your show. I'm like, great. Come down. Come to the show. Like, D. Snyder from Twisted Sister was on the right, bill, right. and we were on the bill, and there's right. some guys that he was checking awesome. off. And so we go, 
I go, I'm on the main stage where Dia's playing. I see him in the crowd and he waves at me. And I said like, you know, like, like three o'clock, like we're at three o'clock and I point like we're on the second stage. And he's like, give him the, I go, we do the gig. He's in the back watching our gig. Yeah. And then when I'm done, I'm texting him. I can't find him. Anymore. He's disappeared. <laughs> and then like the next day or two days or three days, I'm like, well, what happened? He goes, well, I left. I said, why? He said, why? I said, you you didn't think you'd want to? Oh, I didn't think you'd want to say hi to me. Like uh, I was yeah. looking at you, say meet me at stage two at three o'clock. Why would I not want to say hi to you? Very unassuming, right? Yeah, very very Rowan esque thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's a sweetheart of a man, though. Like, yeah, he he's a strange strange bird. And once you get through that, and and I, you know, you you learn to love it. It's it's just that's him. Yeah, and that's who he is. But like deep down, just a sweetheart of a man. Uh, we still have regular contact with each other, and. Uh, he might have mentioned. I don't want to give him trouble. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> what did uh, what did you think he think about this cage? And then the big reveal of the toy plastic spider. What did, did so? He- man, I don't know. I I, I remember watching it live because someone had had kind of stooged off to me like, "Hey, man, they're going to do the thing tonight." And the reveal, and then, yeah, and yeah. then that thing comes out, and then they just killed it, and you know, the next week it's just dead. And I'm like, and that's almost the same thing as, as our, my career trajectory too. It's like, okay, we're going to build you up. Because same thing, they built him up. He didn't lose a match. He was, he was beating people weekly. Yeah. And then Alice Black beat him two weeks in a row for no reason. And then the spider was revealed and killed. And now who knows what's going to happen with him. And you know he didn't do anything to piss no. anybody off and because I he's think, not that type of guy. No, I think he's too nice. And that's, right. that's the same thing I, I thought about me in WWE is I might have been too nice as well. Yeah. And, and one of my last, kind of the one that was like, this place was i said i mean it, we were in detroit and i sat outside vince's office for i'd been off for so long and i'd given him pitches like is this after the bludgeon brothers had yeah broke this up? is yeah. after and like kind of it was over again before i asked for my release uh so this is probably like early 2019 maybe mm-hmm. uh and i sat outside his office for three hours and they're just doing the meetings and stuff and finally like everyone leaves and and everyone's like hey i was last michael hayes i think walks out and he's like i'm the last one and uh, I knock on the door, and he goes, I don't want to see anybody right now. And I was like, mother f-. He know you were out there? No, not at oh, all. Oh, wow. And I was like, god damn it. So I leave, and like, I'm going to leave. And like, I put thrown my shit in the garbage, like my pitches in the garbage, and I was like, I was like, this. Your, oh, your pitches? Yeah. yeah. So finally, like, uh, Sean Spears now still worked there, and he goes, he goes, no, man. He goes, he's in his other, like, he's, that was the production meeting. He's now in his other office. His real office, yes. yeah. And so finally, like, before I left to drive home, I gave him one final pitch of I don't even remember what they were, and uh, but same thing like he's eating salad or something, and he's like, "Yep, I look at these on the plane," and I was like, "I knew that was it." Mm. So then I remember somebody gave me his number, and I was like, "All right, well, what do I have to lose at this point?" And I texted him, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm just wondering what's going on in my career, like what? Yeah, like I literally whatever, like Hail Mary pass, yeah." And this was right before Mania of, of 19 or 18, maybe 19. This year. year. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he asked me, he goes, why aren't you in the, the Andre Battle Royal? And I said, I said, sir, that's a question that you should probably be able to answer. <laughs> and I remember writing that back. Me and my wife were driving. She goes, you really wrote that? I said, yeah. What? I mean, what? Yeah. I have nothing to lose. And uh, he goes, well, you are now. And I said, Cool. So then I remember that week in the meetings, he had chastised some of the writers like, how, does the, how do we leave this guy off and him not have anything? Let's come up with something for him. And so I'm like, oh, it worked. And did the Battle Royal. And I remember we got a sheet and it was, I was one of the last two or three. 
And I was like, cool, here, we're getting started. This is perfect. And then when we got there, they had kayfabe us on the end of the battle row, and there's like 10 other people after me. Oh. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, so demoralized again, but I was like, no problem. And then I think, I don't even remember who told me, but they're like, well, they have an idea for you now. And I was like, okay, cool. And it's like, I was going to be Sami Zayn's heater. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I go, F- man, like, that's exactly what I don't want to do. Like, that's what I've done my entire career. I don't want to do that anymore. Be like a sidekick. Yeah, kick. I don't want to be behind anybody. I want to just go do my thing. And so then I said, but you know what? I'm going to make it work. We'll go from there and we'll figure it out. And two days later, I was supposed to debut on SmackDown, I believe, after Mania. And then it got canceled. Like, oh, we're not doing it. Hmm. And I just said, okay, that's it. We went home to talk to my wife. And she goes, she goes, yeah, just, you know, if you don't want to be there, just don't be there. Mm-hmm. You know, ask them for your release. And I did. And I remember Vince called me. And we had two, like... 20-minute conversations where we just talked like humans. And it was very, you know, you know, like Vince is very almost robot-like in ways. But when you talk to him, it's just he's a good person mm-hmm. almost. And That's he, when he opens up. That's yeah, when you see the real Vince. Yeah, exactly. And it was crazy. It was like he's like, well, what do you want? Do you want more money? Do you want to push? And I said, no. I said, At this point, I don't want either of that. And I also didn't realize at the time that other people had asked for their releases but not publicly. So I so a bunch of people had done that, and Hunter even told me later. He goes, he goes, we can't release you. Or it's going to make like people are jumping off the. So let's take ship. Let's, let's take a couple yep. st- steps back. So when you asked for your release, that's when you originally you had tweeted it or Instagrammed so you, it, yep. right? So I they were in Montreal that week, and I called Corano uh, like I want to say fifteen times, and he didn't answer, and I was like, I want my release. Like finally, like texted him, like I was like, we really need to talk, and. I talked to him fine. I was like, Hey man, I want my release. And he goes, okay, man, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it or whatever. And I go, no, like legit, like well, I want my release. And then I just put the thing up on, and I never said anything negative about them online. I just said, look, this, I asked for my release. Thank you for everybody for everything. And cause I want to do it public cause I knew that the court of public opinion was, was very important to the next move I was going to make. And to have the support was important. And I also didn't want them to be able to control my narrative anymore. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, nope, we're just going to sit you at home. Mm-hmm. So now if they sit me at home, people know the reason why. that, I wanted, yeah, that yeah. I wanted out of there. And I'm not just content with Was that your strategy to do that? Yeah. And I yeah. honestly thought like, so Spears had done the same thing right, he did, a few yeah. months earlier and they granted his release. So I thought honestly that they were going to do it. And then after like the second conversation with Vince, he he called me and said, "Hey man, for business reasons, I can't let you go." Did he call you and tell you that? Yep. And I said, "I said, okay, that's totally fair." I was like, "It's your decision, obviously." Uh, I signed the contract. I no ill will on that respect. I said, "Can I get out?" Because they had added six months to my contract for a wrist surgery that I had. And I said, "Can I get out in November?" He goes, "That's a question for somebody else." I said, "Okay," which I, not right. I said, "That's weird." <laughs> Yeah. Um, so then we kind of just left it at that, and then I just sat home for. Oh my God. Let's just let's just stop it. It's interesting because you, what you said was the difference between the timing when Spears, mm-hmm. Dustin Rhodes was another one. Yep. Although there was extenuating yep. circumstances, which I'll, I can tell you later, but mm-hmm. that window closed. Yep. So w- when I signed with AEW in January 9th, yep, that's when it was like the shit's getting real. Absolutely. And after that is when everyone started getting raises, no one's yep. getting released. Mm-hmm. And I think you were right in that kind of one or two months 
that you mentioned early 2019, yep. right? And so I asked for mine in April, but they kind of saw it coming. Up, right. Like I've been home. And I think Spears might have asked in December or yeah, January. Yeah, before that. Yep. Right. Just right on the cusp. Yep. So I remember saying, it's like Star Wars. The The shield yeah. is coming down and you just got out. Spears is the last one yep. before the, before yep. the wall closes. And I, I remember people being in there and I, I there's a very trusted one that I'll tell you after this uh, mm. who it is. But he was like, hey, man, I think they're going to do it. Like they batted it around and like, I'm pretty sure they're going to give it to you. Mm. And I was like, that'd be awesome. Because now I know everything that's going to that's coming to fruition and like all this stuff and like. And then Hunter had called me. He's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to wrestle. He goes, do you want to go to New Japan? And I was like, yes, 100%. I was like, can we make that happen? He goes, yeah, I think I can make that happen. And then, of course, never happened. And nothing ever came of it. And then we talked about going to NXT. And yeah. that never happened. I mean, you think you think going to, know, to NXT is a no-brainer. Right. And so I thought it was, too. And then it just never happened. And then fast forward to, I think, October. Uh, I get a call, or, or Claudio, he goes, hey, can Brian call you Danielson? I said, yeah, sure, of course. So Brian calls me, and um, he goes, hey, man. He goes, "What? Are, how are you feeling right now? And I was like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting for my contract to end. i got six more months. I'm just They're just not going to do anything with me, so I'm just waiting for it to end. He goes, well, do you want to come back and work? And I was like, with who? He's like, well, me. And I said, yeah. So... Brian's one of the people in the business that I respect more than almost any, like one of the top guys to me in, in all my career. And so I was like, yeah, of course I'll do that. And he's like, well, Rowan, they kind of built the storyline of who attacked Roman and it ended up being Rowan. And so in my head, I was like, well, f- even if this doesn't work out for me, maybe I can kick off something for Rowan before I leave. Mm-hmm. And then, so then of course we go through the angle we're, they changed the finish on us. We're supposed to beat them. They changed it to them up in the pay-per-view. So you did come back for Oh, yeah. yeah. Came back. For, I think it did two months. Ended up doing like three tours. So, of course, perfect timing of my idiocy. Europe and all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, they flipped the finish. And then literally they did the draft for like a week after the Fox debut. And they're like, nope, you guys are staying together. You're going to go on a tag run. I was like, okay, cool. This will be a fun way to end my... WWE run and then the next day Rowan gets drafted to Raw without them really telling us and it all just came to an end again and they sent me home (laughs) the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So many little things that, that I have to ask you. So yeah. fir- first of all, <laughs> what, what, no, no, but that's great though. But but, but like I said, so so when you talk about the, the originally going back to the Bludgeon Brothers mm-hmm. and you guys are this whole new gimmick and mm-hmm. new push and all this sort of stuff did you get a big push we did we won the tag titles at wrestlemania um <sighs> we wrestled the usos and new day and again here's another thing like disappointing wb thing is new day usos and us wrestling and, and in my head i'm like this could be the f- one of the greatest tag matches of all time yeah. at wrestlemania and we get to the rehearsal or whatever and they're like okay you guys have nine minutes yeah. including entrances yeah 
And I'm like, oh my god! And let me just like, say something people don't realize: entrance is at a WrestleMania stadium, yes, and it's, it's new day. <laughs> they got 30 minutes of entrance. They're coming out of a freaking right, cereal right, box right. or some shit. Yeah. So it was just like, uh, so we rushed through it and did what we could, and it's still there's a very cool moment of me holding the belt up and, and spotting my wife and son and, and kids in the front row. So there's a cool moment there, but still, it's just like. CM Punk once told me when we were feuding in 2014, I think he goes, he goes, just so you know, man, like everything in WWE could always be better. Mm. And it's just like the same thing. Like that's, and it rolls through my head all the time. What a great uh, quote. And and back then I'm like, no, this guy, like there's no way that that's true. And it's been true almost every, the Wyatt family could have been better. Mm. Uh, The Bludger Brothers could have been better. That match could have been, and it's like, man, you just give us another 10 minutes and, it's hard it, though, yeah. and this is one thing that right. I always had a problem with WrestleMania, where they would do a you know four hour four show, hours. Yeah. seven hours now, but with all the packages and this and yep. this, everybody's yep. still and getting entrances. ten minutes. Yep, exactly. And that's where you have to realize as a pro, Mania is built around two or three matches. Yep. Those are the ones that get the time. Those are the ones that be the sh- on it, right? And those are the ones that be the show stillers. The rest, as hard as it is, I remember yep. me and Regal opened the show once, eighteen, seventeen, whatever. They gave us nine minutes. Right. So I'm like this. If we had 30 right. minutes, but it's like you're not going to get 30 right. minutes exactly. for this opening match. Yep. And then you have to bite the bullet and realize, like, it sucks, yep. but it's just the it's way it is, is it right? Is. And, and that's the thing is, like, you learn to accept that. And you learn that, like, that, like you said, it is the way the things are. And, and you, there's nothing you're going to do to change it. And we were even, I think we followed the Ronda Rousey and Angle versus Hunter and Steph. Rock was out there, wasn't it? Yeah, Rock, or it was Angle. That was, yeah, yeah, Angle. And they right, went yeah. like 15 minutes over. Oh, the over. match. Yeah, of course. Like, and like, it's a f- sick match, and you're just like, yeah. we're in Gorilla. Like, they're like, well, we don't know what's going to happen. And in my head, I'm yeah, I'm like, but they're going to cancel our match. <laughs> like, Which is even worse, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this is a, so me and Rowan never had, we never had the tag titles as the Wyatt family mm. or as any. And so this will be our first time winning them yeah, yeah, yeah. in WWE. And I'm like, I'm like this. There's no way they're gonna cancel. It's like, so what on, was guys. the final straw that kind of broke up the Bludgeon Brothers? Um, Rowan. So we wrestled SummerSlam against New Day, and he caught Xavier Woods and tore his bicep. Mm. And I remember it, uh, this mother a tough son of a bitch because we're holding the belts up, and he's holding them up with the hand. He and he and he he like mumbled something to me, and like I had been selling my arm, and I'm really good at selling my arm. Uh, <laughs> You know, no big deal. I fooled a couple of people. So I walk walk into Gorilla, and I think Road Dog says to me, is like, as Rowan walks in, he goes, Hey, is Harper okay? And Rowan, for the first time I've ever seen him like really fight, he goes, he goes, You should be fucking asking me. And he stormed out of Gorilla. And like I had no idea. I thought he had to take a shit or something. Like I <laughs> honestly had no idea. Cause like he's just he did the rest of the match acted like nothing happened and then we get i get to the trainer and he's is they're icing his arm and like it's like his his bicep had rolled up his arm mm. and i'm like oh my god so then they come in they're like hey can you wrestle tuesday because we won the match and they're like we need you to drop the titles and like of course him being the great employee that he is is like yeah of course and like he talked to Dugas or whatever, and like not going to hurt it anymore. Mm. And we had probably one of our best matches as the Bludner Brothers on the SmackDown after SummerSlam. This this crazy falls, uh, no rules thing with the New Day, and yeah, and that was it. So then he's out for six months, yep. and then are you on the shelf again? So so yeah, I that's when I went home again and just kind of sat home and waited. That's the hard thing yeah. about being in a tag team, right? Yeah, and that's and that's especially with us being married so much. Is like if one of us went out, the other one was 
kind of screwed. Which is funny because, like I said, three years earlier, you and I are working house shows every right. night as singles, and it's great. Yep. You easily could have put you on the yep. road at and least. That's, and that's what I kind of I kind of pitched them too. Same thing. Like I was like, let me go do house shows. I'll work with whoever you want. Yeah. I don't need to be on TV. Yeah. And it was just like, ah, let's just leave you home. So when you mentioned that you <laughs> asked, when you asked for your release and you, and you said that uh, for business reasons, you said that Hunter had spoken to you mm-hmm. as well about you know what do you want or, or yep. what what else is he saying to you during this time frame? It, almost the same thing. Like, what do you want? What do you want to do? And are they like, mad at you for going public? Um, I think they didn't tell me they are, but I think clearly, yes. Just because now they can't, like you said, they can't control the narrative anymore of mm-hmm. of why they're not using me. People now know that I'm not happy about it, and I think to to them it was like, well, come on, man, like what the f-? and like. Carano had, had asked me a few days, like, hey, just take that down. I think that'll change Vince's mind. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, just take I'm not that an idiot. down. Like, I'm not stupid <laughs> at this point. Like, I've been through it. Like, I'm not going to just take it down. So, like, oh, yeah, that, oh, you took it down? Yep. You got, you got your release. Yeah. And it was again, like, it's like, hey, we just can't make it look like you're jumping off this ship that's sinking or whatever. And I was like, look, I was like, I have nothing to do with anybody else that asked for their release. Like, I'm a completely separate entity. I have my reasons for doing it. You know them. We've talked about it. So I just want to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. Like it was it was becoming a thing where I was running out of time. And it and and becomes like, do I want to do this? I mean, I don't want to run out of time. I want to do it while I still can. Mm-hmm. And it's like and he's like, Whoa, I can probably get you new Japan. I was like, Okay. Then do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's all I said. I said, and I remember uh I'm really good friends with Big E, and I remember telling Big E that day, I was like, he said, you know, he's going to get me. We're like, okay, well, let's see. And I'm just in my head, I'm like, there's no f-ing way. Like, there, it's just not. What relationship same. does Triple H have with New Japan so anyways? At that point, I thought New Japan was either going to be bought mm-hmm. or put on the network. Mm-hmm. And, of course, neither happened. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. But, again, like, I think there was just too many snafus to put a WWE talent on New Japan at that time? Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I remember back like when I was leaving WCW, Johnny Ace said to me, you know, do, when I met him in a, in a uh, airport in mm-hmm. 98, right. you know, if you want to come to All Japan or even just right, use right. All Japan as a negotiator, but the thing is Johnny was the, the foreign booker <laughs> for All Japan. So it's like, if you want to go to All Japan, I can make it happen. Right, right. That makes sense to me, right? Exactly. And that was kind of my thought process too. It's like, yeah, of course I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I was like, you could just release me, and then I can do that. Or even like we mentioned the, the NXT thing, like Finn. Finn is now NXT, right? And that's the thing. Like if you if you believe in me, and this is what was kind of the final straw. Of like maybe you don't believe in me either, because if you did, it's very easy to say, okay, come to NXT, give me your ideas. Here's do what you want to do, and I, I would have done anything they wanted. I would put any any of their guys over. Mm-hmm. I did, like I didn't care about that. I just wanted to wrestle. Yeah, and, or you could say, I've got some ideas for a new character. We exactly. Can work on that. And I don't know if they thought, like, well, you're going to just up your stock and then leave. Mm. But at that point, it was like, man, what do you want me to do? Like, I have a year left on my contract. Yeah, you're eight months out. Yeah. You know, who knows what's going to happen? Right. And so I, I was offered contracts on all the way up until the day they, we were still talking about a contract the day they called me to release me. Really? Oh, yeah. I had been offered contracts to like renew. Yep. Even though you weren't doing anything. Yep. Because that's that was their kind of I think their mo at that point was like let's just keep everybody yeah sign everyone yep. to, to raises and I think they knew like I'm gone mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go to AEW as soon as I can. Rhino told me that they offered him money, basically saying we're never gonna use you. Here's a raise just to stay home. Oh yeah, it was money that 
un- ungodly money, honestly. Like right. I could never even imagine making that money in wrestling, and it was literally to stay home. And, and there comes it, a point, what it, do you do as a, as a performer, right? It's insane because with two kids, a wife, and it's like, well, what do I do? Like, And thank God my wife was like, no, like you need to get out and do something yeah. else. And so, yeah. But, it, man, it, it becomes quite the conundrum of there's, there's a at lot what of, point does that. And there's a lot of guys going through it. Like you mentioned, when you have mm-hmm. kids, it's different because when we talked to Mox on the oh. show here, he was like, how much money can I make? Because in three months with right. this great contract, I'm still going to be freaking miserable. Right, exactly. And, and that, then what's the point? And that's what we discussed with my, my wife. I was like, okay, so we take this money and then in six months you're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be crazy. You're going to mm-hmm. be crazy. Had there not been an AEW, because when you originally mm-hmm. asked for your release, that was, I think, maybe the early days of AEW. But I know you're fairly tight with Chris Harrington, correct? Yep, I am. And um, yeah. So he, I think he had signed a non-disclosure, so he couldn't really tell me too much that was going on. And it was like, it was like, man, at that point in time, it was like, let's just go wrestle. I was content on doing New Japan and Independence. Indies are hot. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing is like, and my thought process was NXT had signed everybody, and if AEW signs everybody on the independent circuit that's hot, there'll be nobody left for these shows. So I can be now the top guy in the independence mm-hmm. and work New Japan and in a lesser schedule. Mm-hmm. And so I was content to do that in a heartbeat. Just to, just to, man, I wanted to wrestle so f- bad. Like it was you're, crazy. You're talking about so the last two years, basically out of those 24 months, it sounds like 14 to 18 months yeah. you're at home. Yep, just sitting home. So yeah, and then like, again, having two kids, it was awesome. But again, like having two kids, you want to get out of the house too. <laughs> so, well, this is what you do. Yeah, and that's the other, and like I said, like I need to do it while I still can. And you're running out of time, and you're watching the time tick. And then I have I have athletes that are friends who are coming to the end of their careers, and it's like you're watching this happen live, and it's like, man, I don't want to be that yet. Like I'm not ready for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just it was painful. Mm. But again, like you said, there, there's becomes there's a point in time like. What what's the line of money you take that's not irresponsible to your wife and kids right. and, and like to be unhappy? Like, is it about me anymore? Who knows? The difference thing is is as well though, and this is something that I've discussed with a few people, is that our schedule is once a week. Right. And that's yep. Four pay per views a year. Mm-hmm. You know, so even if you're pro rated, okay, they offered me, you know, X amount of money in WWE, but their schedule, even though it's pared down a little bit, it's still looking at 150 days a year. Right. That's that's conservative. Probably of course. probably and, closer to oh 175 God, yeah. too. I think we were doing 225 plus the last when we were bloods, we were working everything, and it was like it just becomes too much. So compare that to you know exactly. 60 to 70 dates. Yep. That puts a lot of perspective as well. And that's the other thing. So now you can make the money, you can scratch the itch, and you can be home. Right. And it's like, man, this is. Too good to be true. That's what I said. And then nothing against the fine people of, you know, Albany, New York. But my days of <laughs> showing up on a Sunday to Binghamton, right, right. the Broome County Civic Broome Center County, on a Sunday baby. afternoon. <laughs> We've worked there. Those are many times. Those days are done. Uh, right. and, and I think also, too, it also seems that the WWE system of having these yep. Saturday, Sunday, Friday shows, it's almost archaic at this point. Because yep. it's all based on TV. And a whole other thing is I have freedom now to do other things with an AEW contract. That right. I, that I couldn't do. I had movies turned down by WWE. Like turned down by them. Independent ones wow. that were, you know, maybe either too violent or too, 
oh, we don't think this role is good for you, you know, and stuff like that. And like, you don't have a choice. Fine, put me in one of your movies. Exactly. Then. Yeah. And so now I have the freedom to do that. I have a freedom to do a limited amount of independence. I have a freedom to do New Japan if I want. Oh, so you can do yep. independence as well? Yep. And that's the kind of, that was kind of a big deal to me too, is like, I want that freedom to just do everything. You keep mentioning New Japan. It seems like you'd want to go there. I would love to go to New Japan. Yeah. Um, I've watched it my entire life pretty much. Like when I, from when I was, you know, just coming up from like the, those, mm-hmm. those older matches. And it's like, and then once it blew up, it was like, okay, well that's the place to be. And who knows in six months if my itch will be, like I said, scratched and I'll be like, no, oh, I don't need it. Uh, but I think there's some very intriguing matchups there and almost like, I don't know, like, I just want to wrestle around the world again and just mm-hmm. do it on my own terms. Had you been to Japan before? Yeah, I used to do Dragon Gate, which gotcha. I, where I met uh, Pac. Mm-hmm. We used to live together there, so he's a oh, right crazy bastard. He's doing great, too. He's, he's another guy. Right. It's, it's one thing that I was expressing, too. It's great to have another guy who has that television experience, yep. live television yep. experience, because we're in a company where there's a lot of new guys that don't... Even we, we brought in Luther, right. who has been doing this for 30 years... Finally got the big break, but this right. is thirty years it's of experience crazy, yeah. telling guys that are on TV after two years, don't take this for granted. Yeah, so it's 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 a privilege, not a right. I've talked about that, and that's one thing. Like even now, at my age and in the stage of my career, like there's nothing I would ever take for granted. Like especially now, mm-hmm. like this is a this is a godsend at this mm-hmm. point in my career, and like and also the ability to make a difference in the industry is unreal feeling, mm-hmm. and it's almost like in 20 years, like, what am I going to be remembered for? So like, maybe it'd be helping change the business for, right. for good. Yeah. Reigniting so, your career right. and, and, and being bigger than you've ever been exactly. by so making this decision. How could I ever take that for granted? Mm-hmm. And I'm also in a different place of life. Like you sit at home for eight months and you, you change the way you think because mm-hmm. those bits and pieces become very important. Even like pay-per-view match with Roman and Brian at the time, it was like, there's no way I'm taking this for granted. And like, I'll do whatever I need to do. To make it good because I just it's awesome to me sure so you know and, and that's the thing that's one thing I love about AEW is we have a group of guys that a lot of us specifically made the choice not to go to WWE right. most of us right uh, even a guy like MJF mm-hmm. I could never he, he said I could never go to that system right. and have we something to do <laughs> right so to have another guy that made the choice these are not guys like back in the WCW days or impact days that are getting let go or getting right. fired or right. whatever this is not what we are. And, and, and that's, and that's what, sorry to cut you off, but okay. like, that's what I think, like them offering me a contract right up until the December 8th date. I feel like they released me to, con- again, try to finally control the narrative of, oh no, we released him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, best of future endeavors, of future like, endeavors. Yeah. Literally were talking to me numbers like last week. Yeah. Like, come on. But again, it made ro- the roster debut, which didn't happen very possible. So it was, Almost serendipitous to a point. But there's guys there that should take that chance. Absolutely. And should say, you know, what we want to leave. And they, they probably never will. Right. Because it's another thing, too. Once you said, like, once you, there is a little bit of, I think, I don't know if Stockholm Syndrome, Stockholm Syndrome Absolutely. is a thing. 100%. But when you get away from that bubble, like my first match in New Japan, I, that's when I realized, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah. I don't have to tell you my whole match right, or right. go over all these angles. We yep. just do it? Mm-hmm. And I also, think, like, the crowd, like, the way people are reacting it's almost like they're part of the deal and they care more. And mm. and again, like I haven't been able to experience it, but I've had many people tell me. Also walking into the building. Uh, so <laughs> I made a joke to Swags last week because they were checking our temperature. And uh, I, said, right. I said, oh man, I said, maybe I'll go for a little jog and warm up and you know just head back home. And Swags literally turned to me and he goes, 
no man it's not like that here yeah, yeah <laughs> and i was yeah, like yeah. holy shit okay <laughs> he's like you're gonna want to come here yeah and i think i have honestly like ptsd from almost being beaten down mm-hmm. by this the system in kick, WWE. kick dog yeah. yes and, and again like i can't i don't want to speak ill of them because WWE gave me more in my life than i could ever dream of but agreed again, yeah but it's like just man no, I just and, wasn't picked. And that's the thing. Like, everybody that, like, you know, Mox, you know Mox. He, yep. he doesn't say a lot, but he was like, I love this shit. I fucking love this yeah, shit. Yeah. And it, like, we're all working together yep, to come up. Even, even the, the double swerve for yep. Rochester was, was, was an idea that I had yep. of, like, why don't we do two? Because everyone thinks Matt is the exalted one. Yep. What if we do, oh, my gosh, it's Brody. And, and then course. they forget about And there's Matt, too. So for me, when they first explained to me, like, hey, we're going to debut, debut you guys on the same day. And in my head, instantly, WWE yeah. me goes, well, what the fuck? Like, right. I've waited all this time to debut. Let it be about me. Right. And they go, well, no, it's this angle. And I go, oh, wow. It's in Rochester, really and good. you're the exalted that's one. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, double. That's a good double debut. I got that idea, and you'll remember this, is when I came back after being mm-hmm. gone for a while. Uh, Miz was out there. Mm-hmm. I made the surprise, beat up Miz. Yep. Lights go out. Wyatt family beats me uh, up. Oh, yeah. It's the double swerve. Right. And it, it, honestly, it fits perfect. Yeah. Because like, and, and I think Matt helped a ton the way he reacted to a lot of Uno's uh, tweets mm-hmm. and a lot of the way people talked to him. It's free the delete. And he, a lot of little Easter eggs that he threw in like really helped. And I just, I honestly just had to stay silent the whole time. And, and that's what we wanted. No, right. no, you're completely surprised. Yeah. And I think that's a problem sometimes with people in the industry is, they need to be heard, or mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, if I just stay quiet, it's going to be way more impactful when I do show up. What did you What did you think when they first told you that you were the exalted one? Uh nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to be compared to Bray. I didn't want to be compared to the Wyatt family. But then in my head, I'm like, well, no, fuck, I can make it better, and I can be better than that. I can be what it should have been. There's a natural connection there yep. too. Exactly. The, the one thing I like that I heard this week is you're taking guy that was always in the background, and now you're the leader. Yep. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, exactly. That's what we're doing. Yep. And like you said, you think you're good enough? Exactly. And that's here's your shot. That's the thing. It's There's like no bitching now, right? And the other thing is like, man, what a spot! Like, hey, we're gonna put you in in the lead of this whole group that has that's been, been on in a good for six months. That has been in a good spot the entire time AEW yeah. existed. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of uh, of reflection and, and thoughts on who the exalt right. one might be, and here it is, it's you. So that seems like a pretty damn good, uh, yeah. good. And like I said. There, there is a connection. Mm-hmm. Creepy cult guy who now becomes the actual leader. Absolutely, and know? and uh, I like I said, I put the pressure on myself, and because you don't want to be, you don't want people to say like, "Oh, you're just a knockoff, whatever." But I think that I can make it my own thing, and I think the vignette people see this week will put a totally different spin on what I am as a leader, and I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be f- cool. Well, I loved your promo last week. I thought it was great. It was smart, little one little inside yeah. jab, but more importantly, well spoken. Right. And it surprised me what you said about Vince because one of his biggest stars of all time is Kane, <laughs> right. who is smart now Vince. the mayor of Knoxville, right. who's read more books than I have and is very eloquent. Right. And has been given the chance to be that way right. over the years. It's the diversity. You want him to play a quiet psycho? And, Great. Right. You can do the same. And that's why I don't think, why that, to me, that's thought provoking in a way like, you're like, why the f is this guy talking like mm-hmm. that? As opposed to just the hit you in the face with, it's creepier. I'm going to beat, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Like, why, why not tell him in an elegant way you're going to beat the shit out of him? Or- and that's why, once again, if you're going to do something and switch companies, it has to be different. Yep. 
and this is now automatically. And different. again, I don't think there was a. I don't remember having a shot at anybody. I just, you know, I just said out of touch old man. I don't know. That could be directed to anybody in the world. <laughs> I think it's your uncle. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I gotta ask you a question. What is? It? You read your Instagrams all the time, and you're always talking about Larry. Uh, so I put up two uh, pictures recently, and people are very upset that the the Larry term is gone so i guess i'll just use this platform to say that that is larry the trainer from wb <laughs> when i first started my instagram he's like how can we know i'm an instagram and I, I didn't know anything about instagram or twitter or any of that shit mm-hmm. and uh so when i first started my instagram they the the quotes were underneath he's like he's like hey man you need to explain your pictures more Right. So, of course, I would explain them by being like, hey, Larry. And then I would explain the pictures. <laughs> and he was like, come on, man, stop putting my name. And that just became a thing. And <laughs> so, yeah. It's great. Because to me, it was like, oh, you're crazy. Uh, you know, hey, Larry. Hey, Larry. Hi, Larry. <laughs> um, well, it's the same thing with my Twitter. It was like, I had these visions of it's whatever day. You know what that means. And people are like, well, what what the f- does that mean? And And I'm like, I don't know. What's it mean to you? Hmm. And like, oh yeah, cool. I'm like, got through that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dude. Like I said, I've known you for a long time. It's, it's, it's excited to yeah. see how how excited you are. What is your overall last few questions? What's your overall thought on your first week in AW, and what do you want to do over the next three, six months, four uh, year, whatever? Uh, first first day was incredibly stressful, incredibly. But again, that was only stress I put on myself. No one else did that. Mm. Um, but everyone was super good to me. Everyone was super. It was just very refreshing, almost. Uh, and to bring it back to what it used wrestling used to be, mm-hmm. and and I haven't had a match yet. And I think once that happens in front of a crowd, I really, really believe. But like again, who knows when that will be? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just again like the creativity. Like hey, here, hey, we want to talk for two minutes. Whatever, whatever you want. And it's like wow, okay, cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, I have. I, and I, I have a very clear vision of what I want Dark Order to be, and I think I can bring it up to a certain level that it should be at and make a huge impact and, again, like make a difference in the industry uh, of professional wrestling. Do you know St- Stu Grayson and Evil Uno? Yep. We used to work together way back in, before I got signed. Oh, cool. Uh, we wrestled in C4 in Ottawa a lot, and then they did a bunch of Chikara shows and stuff like that. So. Did you talk to him beforehand oh, yeah. and, and say this yep, is yep. – yeah. So me and Noon are pretty good friends. We we had kind of fell out of touch for a while while I was in WWE, but as soon as I found out, I was like, "Hey man, just so you know, I'm gonna be your leader." He's like, "Oh cool," and like he he's so cool with like everything that's going on. Like he's very creative on his own right, and like he's very open to everything. And we've just been bouncing stuff off of each other. So I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I think it's it's great. Uh, last question for you: uh, as as you leave your last stage, of your career behind, what's your favorite match that you had with with Rowan? Oh man, um, I would probably say the one after uh, the, the SmackDown after SummerSlam with New Day, the, the No Holds Barred or whatever, where he had a torn bicep. That tore his bicep. Yeah, and he performed like a motherfucker that night. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the symbol, symbolic end of everything too. So sure, very fitting. It's interesting too, and you, I had to change Dean Ambrose to John Moxley on my phone. <laughs> I just changed Luke Harper to Brody Lee on my phone. So. Uh, R.I.P. Luke Harper. Yeah. How, how do you feel about that, leaving that name and that character behind? Uh, I don't, I'm not too upset about it, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, it, it, like I said, it just feels fresh and I feel reinvigorated, man. Like, it's crazy. So, yeah, Luke Harper. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs>